everyone. I'm Izzy Wells and welcome to Hot Stuff, where we discuss current hot topics that we think deserve your attention. From social issues to popular culture, we'll be keeping you up to date on relevant and unique Taiwan-related content every Tuesday. Now, last week, I brought you part one of my interview with Annie or Straw Bunny, as you might also know her. She's a lifestyle content creator. So today I will be bringing you part two. I hope you enjoy listening. So let's talk more about what it's like to be a content creator. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's becoming more and more popular. And I think especially like, people are really realizing it's like a viable career option. Like you can actually make money from it. Um, what inspired you to start making content? Well, when I was younger, I always used to watch YouTubers on mm. YouTube and I always enjoyed it. And I always, it was the only thing probably in my life that made me feel inspired in some kind of way. So I always wanted to start a YouTube channel, but I was very, very awkward in high school. This is when I, I started feeling like, oh, I want to have my own YouTube channel. And I would turn on the camera and I'd be like, oh my God, what do I say? Yeah. Like, I have nothing valuable to say, <laughs> you know? So uh, I would say that's when I initially wanted to start. But then later in my life, it kind of just made sense. Like I, you know, I studied business. I focused in marketing and just having a social media platform always, you know, helped me separate. Mm. It was like a competitive advantage if, you know, amongst all these other marketing students um, to also do your own personal social media. But then at the same time, I feel like if you're a person that ever wants to start your own brand, start your own business, I feel like social media is such a great stepping stone because even if you're a business and you're not branding yourself as like a personal brand, you still need to know how to use social media. And I feel like it's not going to go away. So Mm. I feel like it's actually very good to learn and understand how it works now and what are the current trends yeah for sure because yeah, i think like marketing like so now so much of it is social media right and mm-hmm. if you can be like oh look i can i can i can prove to you that i can do this because i have you know a following i produce this content like mm-hmm. super right like that does set you apart from yeah, kind of, it's kind of like a public portfolio yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what does an average day look like for you it does vary for sure so right now i feel like i'm in this stage where I have a lot of work to do to improve my content. I feel like it's constantly about like how to improve your content, how to make your content more valuable, how do you, you know, keep, you know audience retention, like all that kind of stuff. So right now, I'm I am spreading myself out a little bit thin. I'm doing YouTube, I'm doing Instagram, I'm doing TikTok, I'm doing a podcast, and my family is just like, "Annie, like what are you doing? Like, you're <laughs> literally on thin ice." And I'm like, "Hold on. Like I know. I know I'm on thin ice." Uh, but So that's why every day looks different. I'm working Mm -hmm. on something different every single day. But the reason why I kind of set myself up like this for for now and for the next few months is because I need to kind of rebrand a little bit because I focused Mm -hmm. a lot on Taiwan content in the past. And when I left Taiwan and I went back to Canada, I realized I don't know what to film anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I set up myself to to be a content creator in Taiwan. But who is interested in Taiwan is a limited audience because not a lot of people, I mean, like, sure, they know Taiwan, but how many people are interested in coming to Taiwan? So I realized that as a content creator, if I wanted this to be long-term and sustainable, um, Taiwan's a great niche, but for long-term, you know, longevity, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. And that's the part. Like when I went to Canada, I was like, what do I film? My my content creation's over. There's nothing. (laughs) I mean, you know, I I don't know why I don't feel inspired in Canada. So that's Mm -hmm. why I realized I actually have to uh, find a more general niche 
to start expanding onto. And of course, still keep the Taiwan content there mm-hmm. for sure, because I think it's valuable. But in order to broaden my, like, you know, the people that could be interested in my um, content, I need a more general niche for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And do you see like uh, creating content as a job or a passion? I would say it's a mixture of both right now, for sure. I would say for sure it's a passion because I feel like I'm always working on myself. You know, I'm working on, you know, communication, storytelling, speaking skills. Um, what, like, what information or knowledge do I have that is valuable to offer to an audience? So there's a lot of like personal and like soft skills that you're working on, and then obviously the technical skills of editing, content creation, and you know, just putting together, you know, a piece of content. So in that kind of sense, like, yeah, sure, it's a passion, but a lot of the skills, the soft skills and the technical skills are very transferable to work. So even the work that I do outside of content creation, very transferable, Mm -hmm. I would say. Mm -hmm. And how much do you plan content and how much is it spontaneous? Um, I feel like in terms of having a plan, you need to have a plan. You need to have a strategy because every day social media is becoming more and more competitive. And yes, sure, you can just blow up. But the thing is that a lot of people are blowing up. And it's about when you blow up, can you turn that into something that's sustainable? Can you turn it into something that's a business? And if you don't know how to do that, then it's just a one-time blow up. It doesn't, Mm. just because you blow up doesn't mean that you have a full-on audience. Because many times in the past, like, this is my second YouTube channel. And in my first YouTube channel, I had several videos that, that blew up, but the audience never they never stayed right i had thirty thousand subscribers and less than a thousand of those subscribers actually watched my content and it's because i kept on blowing up in different niches and i never continued with it and i didn't understand mm. the strategy so behind social what media what kind of stuff was your first youtube channel about it was very random like i would post i started off a little bit in fashion because i was a little too awkward to speak in front <laughs> of a camera and then you know i did a little bit of makeup stuff a little bit of hair stuff i did you know some random you know it's just so many random videos Mm. and honestly I feel like it was a very necessary stage in my life just to understand how to edit and like get comfortable speaking in front of a camera but I realized it just it could not work out because I did not understand the strategy behind social media and every single platform has a different strategy do you set boundaries with your time like how do you decide when to put down the camera because a lot of it is like maybe like you're seeing friends or you're like going traveling or whatever yeah how do you ever in your head be like okay like I'm not gonna film this or how do you set those boundaries I think the things that are very very personal obviously like you know you should keep that private but actually my social life and my content creation is very much so intermingled um I I like having friends that are comfortable being in front of the camera because I never know when it's like, oh, I want to pull this out and I want to film. And to have and to be surrounded by people that are very, very uncomfortable by being in the camera is very difficult to be around them a lot because I, I might just pull it out whenever, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, put it yeah. away. <laughs> but I've actually never really struggled with this in Taiwan because everyone in Taiwan that I've met has been super chill. Like they've always been open to being on a vlog or being in a TikTok. So actually, I haven't really struggled with this aspect. And of course, like, you know, there are boundaries of disrespect. Like, obviously, you know, don't make your friends look bad online. (laughs) Don't film like the sides that they, if they don't want something online, don't put it out. You know, I feel like the boundaries are more, what are the personal boundaries with between you and the people that you're filming with? Mm -hmm. But, and also too, obviously you don't want to film everything, but 
it's nice to know that they're okay with me filming and like you know catching some content you know (laughs) so yeah yeah and does it like ever get tiring because it is it is like your you know your daily life or again you said like you know social life does it ever get tiring being like oh like I feel like I need to film this or you know always kind of thinking about it so when I start off in content creation I start off in fashion and Mm. I would get very tired (laughs) about filming fashion related content but when I started focusing a little bit more on lifestyle and kind of like improving my own life and working on myself uh since then I actually I have never felt a burnout from doing Mm. social media and I feel like that's where the passion aspect comes in and that's what allows me to have so much drive and energy to be able to do content creation because it does take up so much time and so much like thoughts and energy so I actually haven't gotten very I haven't had a burnout yet but I I don't know I mean that's why I'm kind of like okay let's just do everything right now see what works out and then we'll narrow and we'll focus in on whatever works yeah but you know right now I have the energy to do this so I'm gonna go for it what's your favorite part of content creation like the editing the filming the whole process I mean the editing is quite fun because that's the part where you're able to curate a story I would Mm -hmm. say and it's like the yeah it's like the part where as if you're like an art or like a painter that's the part where you're painting the picture and you're starting to see it all come together and realize like yeah this is a this is work this is a piece of art actually so I think the the editing part is quite fun Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. and how do you measure success as being a content creator I would say that if you have the exact audience that you want in the scale that you want and if it's something that is sustainable for you long term and if you have opportunities and options to go in whatever avenue you want to, that's probably what I would define as success on social media. Mm-hmm. So right now, I wouldn't say that I'm exactly there, but I'm at the beginning steps of, you know, getting there. But that's where the strategy part comes in, I sure. think. And has being a content creator ever had a negative impact on your mental health? Um, Actually... No, I know that a lot of people do not have the most positive relationship with social media. But the reason why I've always been okay in the realm of social media is because when I started creating content and just really working on the behind the scenes of content creation and social media, you see, you know, obviously there's so much work that goes into it. And instead of being a consumer, you you become a creator. So you're less, you know, focused on consuming content and seeing what everyone else is doing in their life. And you become a lot more internally focused about how you can improve and work on your own life. And this has always just been my view. So actually... I consume less social media as a content creator. So I feel like that is why my relationship with social media is quite healthy because Mm -hmm. it's not about me comparing with other people. Like obviously, yeah, there's other content creators that are doing really well, but they're doing really well for a reason. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're doing well, it's probably because they're working as hard or if not harder than I am. So if for anything, I have respect for that person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I actually feel like when you're on the creator side of content creation, it's... I don't know for me if you can look at it in a positive light it's a lot healthier than just consuming it all the time mm, and just scrolling a bit more like prag- you have a more pragmatic way of looking at it yeah it's, it's like people who are doing well on social media it can be used as motivation it can be used as inspiration mm. you can get advice from them so yeah i don't know have I've, you ever received any like negativity online i have but they're usually just from like random people and i'm like i don't know who you are like delete <laughs> you know or block yeah <laughs> um because usually if it's it's not for my demographic if there's negativity 
coming from someone that is not from the demographic that I'm looking for, then it's irrelevant to me. I'm like, sure, like everyone's going to have a differing opinion. But if you're just some random person that for some reason the algorithm sent you my, (laughs) you know, content, you know, and you decide to comment, then it's just totally irrelevant to me. But if Mm. it was someone that was within my demographic that made a comment, I would probably take it more into consideration. Sure. Okay. And do you think there are any misconceptions about being a content creator? Apps. Oh my God. So (laughs) social media is fake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, everything is curated online. Don't believe anything you see. Um, I would say that actually, you know, the life of doing content creation is very difficult. It's like anything, it's like, sure, like you have to put out content that looks nice because otherwise why people aren't always going to watch, you know, but the work that goes behind content creation is a lot of work, mm. you know, and it's something you had to think about all the time. So I think people don't really always see that aspect. You know, they see, oh, you put out a 10 minute video. It's like, well, that video probably took 10 to 20 hours to edit who knows you know yeah. and on top of that maybe you have to work because at the beginning stages of content creation you have to do it without making money for sure and so that's why it is a type of job where you need passion for it because if you don't have the passion there's no way that you're ever going to post a video or post a photo you know yeah how would you would you give any tips to someone who's maybe like they want to start a channel or they want to start being a content creator but they don't really know where to start I would say, obviously, you just have to do it because there are so many unknown things that you're not going to know about social media until you start posting. So even if it's embarrassing or you feel like awkward, just post it. You don't necessarily have to post and show it to everybody. You know, you can make private accounts, but there is so much discipline that goes into consistently uploading and consistently putting out content that if you don't start now like you may never learn the discipline aspect of consistently posting and I feel like that's such an important aspect of you know being a content creator you know consistency consistency discipline and those are things that it's just like you just have to start now and mm-hmm. just go for it like you have to forget about what other people are thinking about you and think about the fact that there is this whole aspect of discipline and consistency that you need to learn yeah you know as well there's so many things that's why again soft skills that are transferable into any job that you go into that even Mm -hmm. if you don't blow up and become super famous or you know you have a huge audience you learn very important skills i think Do you think like you want to be a content creator as like a long-term career? Is that a long-term career option for you? I think that I'm in a position where it could be a long-term career option, Mm -hmm. but it really depends on, you know, how I do things, I would say, between now and the next few years. I feel like I have to give it my full 110% in the next few years because, um, I don't want to just like put half my energy into it and, you know, bank on like, oh, I know maybe maybe one day I'll just have a video and blow up, you know, (laughs) I like I actually want to put like all my energy into it and see if this is something that I can make into like a full on like reality in my it's already like partial reality in my life. Like I do content creation part time. But yeah, I would say, yeah, like for sure, like it's something that I would want in my life because at the end, like, of course, I would want to have my own business. And I feel like it's just a great stepping stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people are curious about how content creators generate their income. Mm-hmm. Could you like shed a bit more light on 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 the ways that you can like, make money from being a content creator? 
I would say it's very, very difficult at the beginning and you do have to generally do brand sponsorships. But unless you like the thing is, is like you have to have really high engagement. Mm. So in order to get those brand sponsorships, that it's like worth it for the company. So at the beginning of when you're a content creator, if you're not super like big or anything, honestly, don't even worry about the money. Literally get a side job. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Like this is your side hustle. Yeah. Because you have to work on creating the most valuable content that's going to garner like attention. Because right now, like they say that the number one currency is people's attention. So you have to learn, you need to spend all your time learning about how to gain people's attention, how to hold their attention. That's the first thing you have to think about and learn before even thinking about money, actually. Mm. So I would say literally don't think about money in terms (laughs) at the beginning of content creation. Think about your content, producing high quality content, get a side job Mm. (laughs) because um, it's very like this in the same thing is like if you're an artist, you know, you have to get a side job, you have to get a side gig, whatever Mm. that may be, get something that isn't going to take up all your energy. Uh, because the beginning is very difficult and later on as you you know start getting higher engagement or you have like a very defined audience then that's where it can potentially you know turn into you know some kind of income but even then I know people who seem to be doing very well on social media but their income is very up and down right so it is a career path that is very unstable and you literally don't know what is going to happen so I feel like if you're going into it without passion and just for money like it's, it's hard gonna, yeah. it's so hard you have to love it in order to do it and money cannot be a main way, yeah. yeah it's yeah. too hard yeah mm-hmm. for sure do you think if you're thinking about brand partnerships or kind mm-hmm. of like more commercial opportunities has that ever affected how you make your content or has that just been a kind of second thought or like oh nice if that happens mm, you mean like prior like do you mean like if i got a brand sponsorship then i adjust yeah so either like the sponsorship and you're being like does it will it change the way you make content or Uh, If you, you know, thinking about a possible partnership, have you ever tried to kind of like maybe angle your content more? I think you had to be very careful, actually, which brand partnerships you work with. Mm -hmm. Because before in my first channel, I worked with a lot of fast fashion brands and fast fashion brands were getting a lot of hate at the time. But at the same time, you you would get a lot of views. But actually, even though you're getting a lot of views, it had very bad like a subscriber loyalty to work with these fast fashion brands so i think you have to be very careful with which brands you actually choose to work with and make sure that you choose brands that align with your branding and like what you believe in so i would say in that kind of aspect you shouldn't have to change your content so much for whatever brand or you that you're working with it should align and if it doesn't align it's probably best not to do it because it can really mess up you know your branding yeah yeah sure Mm -hmm. okay so we're coming to the end of our time unfortunately do you have any future goals or plans for 2023 for 2023 definitely working on my podcast i would say i think that is like a really fun what's the name of the podcast it's called the half sweet Uh, podcast yeah and it's how did you come up with that name actually my friend came up with it the Mm. the guy i was originally starting it with but he's still back in canada so shout out to him for coming up with the podcast name (laughs) and the name comes from just like you know when you're ordering bubble tea you know sometimes you won't get full sweet you got half sweet sugar but then it's also a reference you know for me being half taiwanese Mm. and um also there's a bit of cheekiness in it you know just half sweet (laughs) so i feel like it just relates in many aspects of my life so that's why we went with that name and mm-hmm. then I feel like yeah I don't know I just thought it was cute so. yeah no I like it it's catchy and where else can our listeners find you online so I'm on YouTube TikTok 
Spotify now with the podcast. <gasps> um, Instagram. And that's Strawbanny. Yes, Strawbanny. Everything but Twitter. I don't have Twitter or Snapchat. <laughs> I deleted that. Oh, like yeah. Five Snapchat. years ago. Yeah, I know. No, no one uses Snapchat anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't use it anymore. But what? yeah, many places. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Thank you very much. And listeners, go and check out Annie's content. All right. Bye. bye. That was the end of my interview with Annie or Strawbanny. I hope you all enjoyed our chat. I particularly found this part two interesting because obviously we're bombarded with kind of content every single day. You know, I'm sure most of our listeners are on social media and it is something that is consumed every day by so many people. And I wanted to know more about, you know, what is the average day like? How do content creators really kind of generate income? And how does it affect maybe more personal sides of their life? So it was really amazing that Annie came into the studio to tell us more about these sides of being a content creator. And I was really surprised that she said that she hadn't really found any negative impacts from having an online presence on social media. Because that's, I think that's the first thing that some people think of, like they might want to start a channel or start being a content creator but they're worried about the negative comments they may get online or from people they know even so I think her view is kind of refreshing in that you know if you're thinking about being a content creator then the social media that consume you know is just helping you kind of make your content better or you know helping you get inspiration and you're suddenly using these platforms to put out your content not just to consume and I think that's a really nice creative way of looking at it. I recently saw a report from a newspaper I forget which one now but it was results from research showing how social media and the internet has had such a negative impact on the mental health of children in today's society and I think that's something that we all know I also grew up with social media you know as I was getting older I remember when Snapchat first started I remember when they started using Instagram stories and it definitely does have a negative impact on when you're growing up but social media isn't going to go anywhere for the moment so I think it's nice when we can kind of hear these stories where people are using social media positively like previously when I spoke to Cassie Cho and the good stuff that she was doing about using Instagram to share news stories with people around the world especially young women so you know I think that's that's the best mindset we can have moving forward is that if we can minimize those negative effects negative influences then hopefully social media won't be such a harmful platform that it is right now so yeah those are my thoughts for today um if you have any questions or any other things that you want me to follow up just send me an email you can find my email address on our rta website under isabella wells and i will be very happy to answer any queries any questions or you know if this is a topic that you want to hear more about then please let me know it's definitely something that i'm interested in exploring more okay well that's all for today everyone thank you so much for listening and i will see you all next tuesday bye